Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, the conference finals are approaching. We've got three teams in. We've got the final game being played right now as we record the podcast, dude. And it's been a bizarre one so far. Pretty bizarre. The Ottawa Senators, who I would have thought were the worst playoff team out of the 16. Yes, have found their way in the final four. <laughs> yeah. Dude. How how they're doing it? How did that happen? I'm not sure, but uh they are playing well enough to beat two fairly flawed teams, but I don't want to take anything away from them, I, though I guess I kind of am. Yeah, you just did. And they will play the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Eastern Conference Finals, dude. Much to your burn. Yeah, much to my chagrin. I thought Washington may have figured it out there. They were down 3-1. I was very down on Washington. Uh, They choked some games away. They gave up a... There was one game where they were up two two goals with a minute 30 left, and they gave up the lead, and it went into overtime. They won in overtime, but still, that did not make me feel any better. Um. Then Pittsburgh took a 3-1 lead, and Washington fought their way back to even, had Game 7 at home. This is why they have Game 7 at home, and then they couldn't score at all in Game 7. On the backup goalie. On the backup goalie, who they had beaten really badly in Game 6. So, um, you know, Washington's obviously got some... They're going to be thinking hard about this one. They have some ghosts, for sure. And we saw the Sharks overcome those ghosts last year, where... They were they were able to get over the hump and get to the Stanley Cup Finals. The Caps, with this core, still unable to do it. They have some uh, big decisions to make in the offseason. It'll be interesting to see what direction they take, if in similar to what the Sharks have to decide. Are they going to take another kick at the can with the same group, although they've got some guys to resign? Mm-hmm. Are they going to keep Oshie? Are they going to keep Shattenkirk? Two names, by the way, tied to the Sharks this week, yeah. which we'll discuss in a moment. But um, what will they do? You know, they couldn't beat a Pittsburgh team that was missing Latang, that didn't have Hagelin tonight, that did not have Trevor Daly, that didn't have Matt Murray, and didn't have Sidney Crosby playing with, I don't know, um, Dude, you've seen Young Frankenstein. I think Sidney <laughs> Crosby may be turning into Abby Normal. <laughs> yeah, it's based on the amount of punishment his skull has taken. Um, but somehow he's still out there. And same with uh, a Sherry, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still out there. He collided with Hornquist. Mm-hmm. There's just no way to think that they won't beat Ottawa, but this yes. has been super weird. This so has been a weird I don't know. I and Ottawa, um, we'll we'll see. We're gonna find out real quick. Yeah, uh, if if this is gonna be an interesting series or a four game cakewalk or a joke. Yeah, because it, it could easily be a joke. Right. And now in the West, um, you know, we're recording this as 
auto as um, Edmonton is playing the Ducks right in Game Seven, so we don't know the outcome of that. I don't know if we we're going to want to check throughout the podcast because that would be really anticlimactic for the listeners. So <laughs> let's just pretend that you know it's way before the game occurred. But either way, whoever wins that game and wins that series, you have to think that Nashville is the big favorite in the Western Conference Finals right now. Uh, I don't know if I would say big favorite, but they're the big. They're I'll the, say it. They're, they're the favorite. I I think they're the favorite to win the whole thing. Even if they play Pittsburgh, I would I would I would pick Nashville just based on how they are right now in terms of health, in terms of how that team's playing, how they look. Um, I just think this is this is their time. Like they've figured yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, it's such a a a strong core that's come all together at the right moment. But um, yeah, whoever it is, Oilers or Ducks, I would take the Preds. I think it will be a harder task if it's the ducks just because right um of how they play but we'll see yeah we will dude well this is ostensibly a sharks podcast so we probably should talk about the sharks even though literally nothing has happened sharks wise other than the barracuda yeah barracuda are tied 1-1 in their series against the san diego gulls and they're also playing this evening uh which is uh anticlimactic and that game is going to overtime dude tied three three it was just two two with five minutes left and and now it is three three so we got lebank o'regan and colin blackwell with with some goals it looks like the shark the barracuda were losing and with a minute and one second left uh o'regan scored game nice so i went to game five of the previous uh, series and that was a lot of fun the Sharks, uh, I mean the Sharks, the Barracuda scored in a shorthanded goal in overtime, which was amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. The Sharks, I mean, the shark, I keep saying the Sharks. The Barracuda dominated that game. They outshot, at one point they, they had like 45 shots in regulation. They had 40, 40 shots and they were, and they didn't score and uh, they were losing one nothing, and then they managed to come and tie. The Barracuda had dominated the game, that game against the Stockton Heat. And then they managed to win in overtime on a shorty, which was uh, incredible and a lot of fun to watch. So really good turnout to that game. I hope they're getting a good turnout in this round. I think I'm planning on going maybe to game six if uh, game six happens. It looks like it probably will at this point. But uh, I'm definitely going to keep following the AHL playoffs, follow the Calder Cup playoffs. You know, the the Barracuda have a, have a good seed. They have home ice advantage. And uh, let's see if they can... They can take out the goals. It is kind of fun watching the AHL. You sort of get these names, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I remember that guy. I remember right. that name. I remember yeah. this name." Yeah, you know. Of course, there's several. Most most of the names, half the names, or more. You probably don't never heard before, but you know, as as hockey fans, you know, we follow the draft, and you know, you hear some of these names. You know, these guys have gotten drafted, and maybe they never played. Or they played only a couple games at their clubs, but you sort of remember, oh, yeah, I remember when that guy got drafted, you know, sh- something Shin Karuk, you know, was playing <laughs> for... Uh, Shin Karuk. Yeah, he played for the uh, Stockton Heat, and I remember, I'm like, I remember that guy getting drafted. So, uh, you know, just fun stuff like that. Anyway. Oh, man. But, dude, what are we covering today, Sharks-wise, other than... I mean, we Kevin Kurz wrote an article that I think we're going to, is going to sort of dovetail into our discussion, but... 
What is the what's on the agenda here for today? Well, I think it's time to do our annual roster breakdown, dude, and and we can start at the back end with the goalies and the D today, but um we can certainly start with Kurz or do we want to start with our uh roster evaluation? Let's start with the roster evaluation. Okay. Well, so. dude, uh, we'll start with the goalies, which I think is pretty easy. Right. You know, we know as we're working through the offseason, the major event that's coming before free agency is the Vegas Knights expansion draft. And yeah. The Sharks will lose a player. They're going to lose a player to Vegas. Every As every team will. Every team will. And, you know, who that will be, uh, we can certainly make our best guess as we get closer. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of factors that go into that. Will the Sharks make some trades in order to... Uh, strengthen their position in terms of who do they want to protect if they think they're going to lose people Mm -hmm. uh would they rather lose them for assets instead of just lose them for free probably so you'll see a lot of this i think around the nhl once the stanley cup finals are over where teams are trading away from their own depth in order to gain assets to prevent losing players for nothing so yeah um the sharks could find themselves in that situation based upon their NHL depth at defense. Right. Um, where you can make a case very easily that the Sharks have seven NHL quality defensemen mm-hmm. under contract that are able to play next year and that Vegas would probably be strongly considering taking one of them. Yes. So... If I had to bet, I would bet right now. You know, if given the Sharks don't make any major moves, I would certainly bet uh, right now, actually, that Vegas would take Paul Martin. That would be my choice. I think Vegas would take Paul Martin if I had to, if I had to guess today. Well, um, I could understand that on some level. It just it, it depends on what they're going to want to do with their team. You right. know, um, salary wise, they need to hit the floor. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, um, he's a good guy to have around yep they could uh probably spin him for assets later right if he continues to be valuable um i don't know how much he helps them you know long term he in other than just being an, an asset to flip later which is why i would guess they might be more interested in a player like brandon Dillon, who is 25 years old or 26 years old, right? you know, um, and under a long-term contract and is a established third-pairing physical defenseman who could be a part of that team for years. So it just depends on what they want, mm-hmm. you know, and it depends on what the Sharks want. Um, it's risky, like with a guy like Paul Martin, you know. Yeah. It, from the Sharks' point of view, okay, yes, take Paul Martin, take his salary off the books. Um, we keep the younger player. But what does that do to Brent Burns, your best player, who yeah. just had his best year mm-hmm. with Paul Martin as his full-time babysitter? That's right. Like, that's risky. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's going to be a risk that the Sharks are going to be willing to take. Because who plays with Brent Burns? Like, what? what's the answer there? Dylan you know? DeMello, come on down. Well, that's, a, that's an awfully big assignment for a guy with, you know, under 50 NHL games. Yeah. You know, uh, here, play with the probable Norris Trophy winner <laughs> and cover for some of the mental lapses that he has when he sees a shiny object. Right. You know? Right. Well, I don't, I I mean, don't know. Every team is going to be put in this position, right? Sure. And I mean, it's not like, 
Vegas is not going to take any team's worst player. Let's put it that way. No, and and unless there's a side deal made, right. which the Sharks don't have the assets to make those kinds of deals. We were just talking before we went on the air. We have one pick in the first four rounds this year and two picks in the first four rounds next year. We have no seconds and no thirds in back-to-back years. So we just don't we don't have those assets right. to say, hey, here, we'll give you a third-round pick if you don't take... Right. Justin Braun. Right. You know? Right. And you do take. Yeah. You know, Tim Heed. Right. <laughs> Tim right. Heed. So um let's let's quickly talk through the players here and give our overall evaluation of how their year was and whether you think they're a part of the future of this team for next year and in the long term. So I think we're at Martin Jones, dude, which is a pretty easy and brief discussion, don't of you course, think? Of course, yeah. Here's the only question about Aaron Dell. I, I think by all accounts, he played better than everyone had hoped he would play. He was definitely sort of a a wonderful surprise. I think there's a very outside chance that Vegas might be interested in Aaron Dell. You could argue he was one of the better playing backups this year. Yeah. Um, and I think that Vegas might take a look. I think they may. You mm-hmm. know, and I think that that would put the Sharks in a very precarious position uh troy grosnick is uh unsigned mm-hmm. he's an unrestricted free agent you know not that anyone's gonna be throwing tons of cash at him but right, right. he had a pretty good year in the ahl this year and i'm sure he's gonna be looking for a better opportunity than just playing for the barracuda right so that's a situation to watch uh, i heard on a, a podcast that some discussion about the Vegas Knights and you know George McPhee can say all he wants about how competitive they're going to be and people can uh you know pontificate about whether they're going to go out and sign some major free agents and um I just I think that McPhee's smarter than that and I think that they're not necessarily going to want to have outstanding goaltending <laughs> Okay. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, I think that they would be like, we saw the Ben Bishop trade made this week, right? Right. Where now Dallas has Ben Bishop, they have Kari Lettinen, and they have Auntie Niemi. <laughs> right. Right. And there's no way Ben Bishop's going to sign a contract, a long term deal to play maybe, you know, how many games yeah. is he going to play if, you know. Oh, he's the starter right now. Absolutely, he's yeah, the starter. Right, but like, what's what's the situation there? You know, I mean, like, I I think he's, if I were him, I'd be like, who cares? These guys, these other two guys suck. Well, it's not like Ben Bishop had a great year this year. That's true. He didn't. Well, that's because well, yeah. I mean, well, you, yeah. I mean, he had some health problems, and he yeah. played for two bad teams. But it's not, you know, I mean, Dallas are is Dallas Ben Bishop away from being good? No, I don't think so either. No, so. Not. It's a step in the right direction for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that that was... The, they couldn't get much worse in terms of goaltending. Certainly. But it you've got to think by that move that it makes me think that Vegas has already agreed to take one of those other two bozos. <laughs> right? Okay, fine. We'll take Niemi, and then you'll see a deal later where Dallas trades a second for future I, considerations. I know we're getting like into that. the minutia here, but does Dallas have to protect both Niemi and, and Lennon? Well, no. Well, no. I don't know if they have no movement, and no trade 
I don't know. All that no, I, don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, because they could just expose them. Who cares? I mean, you, you protect Bishop and you expose the other two guys. Right, but like, if they don't take them... Then you, then buy, you, then you buy them out. But I don't think they're going to want to do that. Yeah. I think... I think there's some At this sort point, of they got to cut bait. I, I don't. I don't want this to devolve into no, a but Dallas I, Stars I, production. But I, I think this it, it'll have something to do with us later. You know. But yeah. yeah. Anyways, I can't even remember how we got on the topic, and <laughs> we're talking about Aaron Dell. Yeah, we were. So I don't know if they're going to be looking to develop a young goalie. Yeah. Uh, one who signed for one more year and then he's unrestricted. Um, when maybe the plan isn't necessarily to play him. Maybe they're going to want to have Auntie Nieri and Yaroslav Halak yeah. as their two goalies Maybe. and eat up $10 million of space with two you know, dumpster fires right. and let them do what they're going to do. And then Vegas might have the first pick next year mm-hmm. in two years. They might you know have I mean? it like, Right. I mean, like, so I don't know how it's to their advantage to be good, right? Like to be really good. It, it, you're right. Well, <laughs> there's no chance of that. Right. There's no chance of them being really good, but no, even of them no being chance. super competitive. There's which, no chance of that either. Right. Uh, I think you're right. They may take a look at Dell. That's the biggest question here in the goaltending right. department. That's that's the question. Otherwise, he'll be there. The other question is, how much money does Martin Jones get? Right. Well, that's another whole discussion. But I, I, I think the league in general overpays for goalies. And mm-hmm. I know I've said this before is that there are four or five goalies at the very top of the heap in the NHL. Lundqvist, Rask, Price, used to be Rene, had, but he's looking good now. You know, there's three, four, maybe five guys in the top tier. Those guys deserve the money. And then there's this gigantic group of goalies in this middle area. It's sort of like there's top 10%, there's middle 70%, and then there's the bottom 20%. And... That middle 70%, they all shift around in terms of ranking every single year. There is no reason to give any one of those guys in that middle group a ton of money. And right now, Martin Jones is in that middle group. He did not have, what what was his save percentage this year? 914, 912, something around there. That's league average, right? I'm not not complaining about Martin Jones. I'm not saying he's any good. I'm not saying he's he's a bum and needs to be dropped. I'm saying he's a good goalie. I'm glad the Sharks have him. But he's not Carey Price, so he should not make eight million dollars a year. That's all I'm saying. So I think I, you know, I'm I'm thinking more the four or five million dollar range, really, honestly, right now, especially if next year it's not a great year for him. I agree with you. Goalies are overpaid. I think that we're staring at a contract comparable to what I think, maybe not in terms of length, but I think in terms of dollars to what. The Kings gave Jonathan Quick. I think we're looking at the high fives, dude. I think that we're looking at the five, like Flurry, Quick. They mm-hmm. they're all making five eight. Mm-hmm. Kari Lettinen makes five nine. For God's sake, that's crazy. You know it is crazy, but yeah. I mean, uh, Carey Price makes six five. Tuka Rask makes seven. Right. He's not in that category right now. He's absolutely not. But I think he. You could make a case that he is. You know, in the the quick category, you know, although quick has won one, cups, he's won cups, right? Multiple. But, but I think that they're going to have to pay him. I don't think he's going to get signed for a $4 million cam Talbot type deal. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Jones has kind of, I mean, Talbot got that for being the backup for the Rangers. Right. Right. Now Jones has played two years as a, you know, top 
third, right. say top third hmm. goalie in the league. I'll say top half. I'll okay. Top half. He's going to, I think it's going to be five and a half or up. Oh, God. That's what I think. I would not be happy. Well, anyways, I don't think we have to worry about him not being on the team. That's true. I think the goaltending situation is fairly stable. So let's move to the defense. The defense. All right. Two players we don't need to speak about. Right. Vlasic and Burns. Right. They're Burns staying. signed for the long haul. Vlasic needs to be extended. That's going to happen. He is Doug Wilson's uh, love obsession. Yes. And he will not risk losing Vlasic. Right. So now we move to Justin Braun, Vlasic's partner, dude. Uh, he played uh, top PK minutes. The offensive part of his game has regressed since his rookie year when he seemed to have a knack for getting shots through. He's really been focusing more on D. He's been effective doing that. He's a top 15 shot blocker in the NHL. There's been some speculation that the Sharks would not protect Justin Braun in the expansion draft. I find that impossible to believe. I find it impossible to believe, too. He's the third best defenseman. He's their top penalty killer. Right. He's their third best defenseman and behind Vlasic and Burns. What? There's no How way. old is he? Who else would they? Who? He's 29. Who else would they protect over Braun? Schlemko? I mean, no. <laughs> they're not. Yeah, there's been some articles where I've seen him being selected. And I just, I can't, I, I think there I is a 0% chance of that happening. Now... Do I think that there's a chance that they could trade Justin Braun for an asset? Maybe. Yeah. I think that's a maybe. If, if That's a lot if, more likely than him getting selected in the expansion draft. You know, we can talk about that when we get to the Kerr's article. Okay. Paul Martin. Like I said, I think he's the most likely to be ex- uh, selected in the expansion draft. Good player. 35 years old. Did exactly what the Sharks asked him to do. You know, I think Vegas might be looking for some veteran leadership. If they draft just a bunch of young players, they're not going to know how to be good NHL players. They're going to need some stability. I know, I mean, honestly, and this kind of pains me to say this, the Oilers are good this year for two reasons. The biggest reason and the most obvious reason is Connor McDavid, obviously. (laughs) When you suddenly have the best player in the league, that helps you a lot. I think Milan Lucic helped that team. I honestly do. I, you know, I think he's a jerk, but but the guy plays hard every night. He might be a little dirty, but he's one of those guys that you would instantly like if he were on your team because that guy plays hard. He's not going to take this. Oh, I don't really feel like playing hard tonight, kind of crap, you know. And and Vegas is going to need players that you know have played on really good teams and have played with really good players in pressure situations, not just guys who are 24 and hungry and trying to find a way to make it in the league. They're going to need guys like Paul Martin. So I do think he's the one that they would choose. But um, the question in my mind is, would I rather have Paul Martin or Brendan Dillon? Right now, I think I'd rather have Brendan Dillon. Even though Brendan Dillon is a third-pairing defenseman, and I don't think he could fill Paul Martin's shoes. That's a weird thing to say. I, I think it the, the answer to this question goes to 
the bigger question, which we don't know the answer to, which is what is the Sharks' goal next year? Right. To try and win the Stanley Cup again? Are they going to reload and bring back Marlowe and Thornton and try and add like another piece? Is he going to try and push the right buttons like he did last year by adding some complimentary pieces that really were effective? Or is he going to you know, try and reload and push more wrong buttons and mm-hmm. continue to slide down the standings? Or are they going to step back and say, you know what? We know where we fit in this pecking order right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not in the top three. That's right. And maybe we need to uh, be a tomorrow team, which was a phrase that lasted for... <laughs> Like six weeks. A whole, yeah, <laughs> whatever a, it was. A year, I mean, you know. But um, I, I haven't totally come to my conclusion about what they're going to do. Although I'm I'm at this point leaning towards, I, I just, I don't know if I can, I see Doug Wilson and Hasso Plotner accepting that they won't be competitive next year. Like, I, I just, I don't know if I see them accepting that i know i look at the unrestricted free agents dude and i i I don't see there is not a replacement for paul martin like there's not one right like i mean unless unless you want to try and sign carl alsner you know yeah which that's going to be an overpay yeah and especially this year there's not a lot of good free agents people will overpay right i mean you've got him and shattenkirk now shattenkirk does not do what Paul Martin does. Not even close. Shannon Kirk is maybe not even a good defenseman. Like, right. I mean, like, you might <laughs> yeah. say that, right? Right, right. Dangerous offensively. Yes. I mean, you'd be getting like diet Brent Burns, which yeah. I yeah. just don't know. Like, that's not what you want. And right. you look at the other players here that are available, like when the Sharks got Paul Martin, like there's that person isn't here. Like they, they're not on the list. You've got Derek Engelin. And Roman Bolak, Kyle Quincy, Yannick Weber, Ron Hainsey, Matt Hunwick. Like, no one who's going to have that impact. Yeah. But I think, you know, like you said, the Sharks have seven NHL defensemen right now. So I so think. So you have to pick which of Dylan, Schlemko, and DeMello can play adequately in that role. Will they be able to do exactly what Martin did? Unlikely. But is there a guy that's good enough? I don't know. I, I I would say there probably is. You sort of see who can do it. I don't think you go out and get yeah, Matt Hunter. It's tough. I'm no, no, I don't think you do either. And and I, I think that, you know, the the reality is is they're gonna lose one of these three players. They're gonna lose either Paul Martin, they're either or Brandon Dillon or David Schlemko. Yeah. They're gonna lose one of those three. I think um Pete DeBoer might you know, sell his body organs on the black market <laughs> to get them to take uh, Schlemko just based on how much I think he hates him. Yeah. Seems to hate him, right? Yeah, he like, doesn't seem to be a fan. Let's like, put it that way. Schlemko, let's talk about him. Season starts great. Yep. Then he ends up being like the clear, like, like butt number six. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. scratches him sometimes, doesn't really like him, barely plays him you know, doesn't play special teams really on either end. 
not trusted to kill penalties in the playoffs or the regular season. It's puzzling. And Doug Wilson signed this player for four years. So was this a signing done as expansion bait? Possible. You look at this guy, he's a reliable NHL defenseman who hasn't had like a long-term deal mm-hmm. like anywhere. He's just sort of been a journeyman, right? Yep. Would Vegas want to have a player who they know can play 16 to 18 minutes at $2 million for the next three years? Or would they rather have Paul Martin? Or would they rather have Brendan Dillon? I mean, I think you can make a case for any of them. See, I, I put the ranking at Paul Martin, then Brendan Dillon, then Schlemko. Schlemko's 29. He's not young. I think he's sort of in the same category as Brendan Dillon. Obviously, he's more offensive, less of a hitter. But Brendan Dillon's got youth, and I think they they would probably value that over two guys who are sort of third-pairing defensemen. I think they'd rather have youth than a guy with a little more offensive upside, especially a guy that maybe the coach wasn't super keen on playing. I mean, Vegas is going to know that as well as anybody else. They're going to know that as well as we know it. Right. So I think he is not... I think he's the least likely to be taken of the three. It's tough, dude. I mean, like, I'm super nervous about what happens to Brent Burns when you take away his binky. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I I don't think I'd do it. I I don't think I would leave him exposed dude i just i don't think i do it i think the sharks dude we got to take that band-aid off sooner or later because paul martin's not gonna be in the league in three years so and and you know burns is gonna be three years into an eight-year contract at that point we might as well figure this out now as opposed to three years well then we might need to then they may need to reevaluate the d pairings which maybe is what they'll do because maybe braun needs to play with burns yeah and And then he can be the new banky that's right and then you can put Vlasic with whoever, you know, maybe Vlasic plays with DeMello. Right. So I think the Sharks are probably looking at Dylan DeMello right now and going, okay, well, we're pretty comfortable with him playing. Like, mm-hmm. we're comfortable with him playing. Are you comfortable with him playing the the 20 minutes that Paul Martin played? Yeah. Like, because that's what we're talking about, because I'm not comfortable with Brendan Dillon playing those 20 minutes, and I'm <laughs> right. not comfortable with David Schlemko playing them either. Right. Right. So if you're going to say goodbye to Paul Martin, then you're saying hello to 20 minutes of Dylan DeMello. Right. Which is why... Or one of the other guys. Right, which is why part of me thinks they may say, okay, well, you can have Dylan or Schlemko. You can pick. And then they're much more comfortable saying that DeMello can replace one of those two guys instead. Sure. So, of course, that's the that's the best... That's certainly the best outcome for the Sharks short term. Right. Which is, it it goes back to the bigger question. What's the goal here? Like, are you looking to protect the team for three or four years? Are we still trying to win next year? Because you could make the case, dude. You could make the case. The Sharks were winning the Pacific Division. If Joe Thornton and Hurdle and Marlowe and Couture had all been healthy, could they have beaten Edmonton? They were close. They were close. They were close. Right. Could they have done it? I think you could convince me as a yes. And then could they have beaten Anaheim? I think you could convince me as a yes. Right. And then could they have beaten Nashville in 
the Western Conference Finals. Mm, I think Nashville is better this yeah, year, yeah. but we did beat them last year, so I think you could at least convince me of it being competitive. Yeah, yeah. So if the Sharks want to go that route again and try another whack at the Stanley Cup pinata with the same group, it's hard to not understand why, you know? It fell apart at the end. Right. They're not trending up. This team is not trending up. That, which would be exactly my rebu- But I don't think rebuttal. they see it that way, dude. I th- how can you not? I don't think they see it that way. I think that... Think how that can you not see He's got Edmonton. tunnel vision. He's got tunnel vision on the cup, dude. Then he's not going to have a job for very long. Well, then maybe. I'm not saying it's the right decision. I'm saying I think that's the decision they're going to make. Oh, man. I hope you're wrong. Because... This team is on the downslope. I don't know how steep the slope is, but they're certainly on the downslope. Edmonton is it. coming up. Right. Calgary is coming up. Arizona is coming up. Right. Well, then you can't do it on the half. But they have no assets to get better. They yes, can't. they do. How? How can they get better? They, they have assets to get better. You're not going to like the answers. Oh, you mean like trade Timo Meyer and Kevin LeBanc? No. Trade what? Their two picks? No. What what do you do? If you're going to decide that you're going to rebuild, you have two awesome assets that are unrestricted free agents that you don't keep. If you're going to rebuild... Oh, you, oh, rebuild. I'm talking about making another... I mean, if you're going to try and keep going and try and win the cup next year, which I think would be a terrible idea, you then... I, you know, but if re- they're not going to do that, then what should they do? Be like... Pick 17th, barely missed the playoffs. But they're not going to be, I, I mean, this is, I don't know. It's, it's a tough call, but I think you can't try and win the cup next year. I think you, well, then, you, but then what's the point? You can't resign both Marlowe and, and Jumbo is really when it comes down to brass tacks, you can't resign both of those guys. Why not? Because then you're married. I want to, to be clear. I'm not advocating for this. I know. I'm. I'm just devil's... poking at you you're with a hot poker. Devil's... Because you can't be the oldest team two years in a row on the downslope. And keep in mind, there is no conceivable way that Joe Thornton will be as effective next year as he is this year. No way. There's I, no. Way. I can't argue with that. I mean, you're right. But if you could get both of those guys to come back at one year basement bargain deals, which I think also is unlikely, right. especially Marlowe, who I think will be able to get more money than Joe at this point based on Joe's injury. Yeah. You know, um, if you could get them both on one-year deals, each at $4 million, I think Doug Wilson's going to do that, dude. I yeah. think he's going to do it. Um, and they're going to have one more reunion tour, which I don't, think is the right decision like i mean but the problem is is if you let them go who's replacing them like right who's gonna play instead the guys on the barracuda okay yeah well then how are are the sharks gonna be a good team no so then why are we keeping like if you wanted to trade mark edward vlasic Mm -hmm. what do you think you could get a lot. You can get a lot. You wanted to trade Martin Jones. Don't you think you could probably do okay? You could do okay. He's got more 
of a value than he did when the Sharks traded for him, and they That's traded true. a first and Sean Corrali, who ended up playing for the Bruins and mm-hmm. scoring for them right. on their playoff run. Right. So, mm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I yeah. It's it's. I it's, mean, we got an email. Someone said we should trade Joe Pavelski. Uh, I think that was Tom. Was that Tom who said we should trade Joe Pavelski? Who said this? Yes. Tom said, I think the Sharks should consider trading Joe Pavelski. He's turning 33. His value is sky high right now for a team looking to win over the next three years. The length under contract, they'd pay a lot to acquire him. I'd see if we could get a number one pick top prospect in a player, most likely more. We're sort of talking about the forwards now, but you're right. I mean, we have to define what we have to guess or define what the strategy is going forward because that does affect it. You're right. I think I, I think everything's on the table at this point. I mean, now now we'll talk about the Kerr's article because he addresses this point as well. He says the Sharks are keeping Pavelski, Burns, and Vlasic, and Jones, and everybody else is not as stable. Those are the guys. The Sharks will keep. Name sure. the four again. Burns, Vlasic, Pavelski, and Jones. Mm-hmm. Notice Logan Couture not in that group. I think the Sharks will more likely trade Logan Couture. I don't think it's likely. I think it's more likely. But if the Sharks want to make a splash, and that was sort of the thrust of Kerr's article, which is, you know, uh, you look at the, the kinds of players that Doug Wilson has traded for, uh, Brent Burns, obviously being one. Joe Thornton, Dan Boyle. You know he's made some big moves. Yeah, maybe it's time for the Sharks to make a big move here, and yeah. they could go get somebody like, you know, Claude Giroux, who is playing for a Philadelphia team that just got the number two overall pick. Um, you know they they missed the playoffs and they are in a in a in a hole right now. I mean, who knows where the Flyers are going. They're not going up. Let's put it that way. They're not definitely on an upward trajectory. They have a couple of decent players, but they're not, they're certainly not improving. Right. And, you know, they're obviously the Colorado situation. They're, they're looking to cut ties to some of these young guys and build around Nathan McKinnon. It looks like. So that means Landis Cog and Duchesne may be available. That's going to be the big news. Certainly from now until July 1st, should the Sharks go make a run at one of those guys? Do you dangle Logan Couture? I I don't think Colorado will be interested in Logan Couture for Matt Duchesne, but those are the kinds of things you think about. I don't, you know, Joe Pavelski, Tom, I think in terms of pure output, I think you're right. That's the right time to trade him. But I think from a culture perspective, I think you keep Pavs. You have to keep Pavs because he's got the ethic that you want to instill in everybody else. And I'm not certain that the other guys we've talked about, Marlo Thornton and Couture, are the same in that way. I think the the fan base as a whole would have a real issue if in the same offseason the Sharks said goodbye to Marlo, Thornton, and Pavelski. Yeah, yeah, like that, people would, yeah, people would have be a meltdown. Very like upset. they would have a meltdown. Like and they'd be right. So I think the chances of this are zero. Right. Um, and I don't think they should do it. Although I think Tom is correct in that this is an asset that 
If you're lo- if you're going to decide is going to depreciate. If you're going to decide, yeah. okay. Well, Edmonton's better. Calgary is going to be better. Anaheim has some aging players, but they have some really good young players, especially on the back end. That's right. And they're set up better than the Sharks for the future. And Arizona, they're going to have to take the next step at some point, right? You would think. So, yeah. I mean, like that. that's, right. that's the decision. The Sharks don't have like these studs in waiting like yeah. they, they don't have them no like so um and i like Sorensen, and i like lebank and i like meyer i like all those guys but, but they're not it's not the same yeah. thing it's not you know? like having mcdavid or something right or jack eichel right and the only way that you can put yourself in a position to to get that is by being bad mm-hmm. and by moving on from some of your veteran assets and I don't know. Yeah. I I I don't think they're going to do this. I think that they're going to They're going to hold I, on I do. by their fingernails. I think they're going to hold on, dude. I think that they're going to hold on hell or high water. Right. And try and make another run at it because I think Doug Wilson looks at himself in the mirror and says, you know, um I'm tan enough. Yeah, and and gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> <laughs> what was the Stuart Smalley thing? Yeah, I'm good enough. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm smart, smart enough. enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. Like I think he goes. This team got tired at the end, and they melted down. Mm-hmm. But this is still the same team that got to the Stanley Cup Finals. And if we had had a slightly different circumstances this time, they could have maybe done it again. Right. So I think that's how he's going to assess it. Now, might he look at making a move? Like Kevin Kurz is suggesting what Nashville did. Right. Like Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson or Shea Weber for P.K. Subban. Right. Might the Sharks consider a Logan Couture for Claude Giroux? That's not a fair trade, by the way. Right. But but like might they consider a Logan Couture for Gabriel Landeskog? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Also, probably not a deal that Colorado would do. No. But like would the Sharks look at something like that? Maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe. You're know, like you're switching out. But there are none of those deals, right? The the Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson deal was an even deal from perspective of both sides. We can't think of a deal that the opposing team would actually seriously consider, can we? Well, I, I think, sure, dude. We could go around the NHL and go. There's a lot of teams that would be interested in Logan Sure, He's a good second-line center. Yeah. So if you're looking at another team, I mean, we can pick like pick a team, dude. All right, uh, Florida. Florida. All right, so let's pick the Florida Panthers here, and we look they, at they need to shake it up. That's why all right. Well, let's let's look at them. You go. Okay. Well, um, they have Nick Bugstad. All right, Nick Bugstad this year played fifty four games. He had fourteen points. He was not good. That's not a player that the <laughs> Sharks would want. Now they're not going to trade Jonathan Huberdo. Right. Right. So he had. And he got hurt this year. They're right. not going to trade him. Maybe this isn't the best uh, <laughs> pick here. Are we dying here? Right here? <laughs> We're slowly dying. Alexander Barkov, all right? right. So if, yeah. you, if you say Barkov, also probably not a great uh, example just because... But let's say, okay, the Sharks offered uh, the Florida Panthers uh, Logan Couture and 
Timo Meyer, for mm-hmm. Alexander Barkov, a 21-year-old center mm-hmm. who has two good NHL seasons under his belt. Right. And is signed to is signed until 2022. Right. And in return, Florida gets a good second line proven NHL center mm-hmm. and they get a possible up and comer. Up and comer right. and Timo Meyer. Right. If you're the Sharks, you could go, okay, well, we lose Meyer, but Barkov is an upgrade mm-hmm. over Logutur. Yeah. Yeah. He is. For not just for now, but for like fifteen years. Right. You know, Couture's ceiling, we've seen it. He's mm-hmm. a 55-point player. Mm-hmm. Barkov could be a 70-point player. Right. Could be a 75-point player. So if you're the Sharks, that might be the kind of move that you're looking to do. Can you still contend if you make that move? Sure. Yeah, you could. Sure you could. Are you better off in the long term because of it? Yeah. Is that going to be a hard move to make? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it be a hard move to make. There's not a lot of teams that are looking to get worse. <laughs> Right, but I mean, I think you you could. This is not a great example because I don't think the Panthers would trade Barkov, but right. you could make a case that a team like that they're getting two players that can be helpful instead of one. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are teams out there that might be willing to do something like that, right? You know, right? Um, just sort of change it up, it's right? Sort just of a change, change it up, up, right? It's it's like a change up. Um, you know, there are two free agents that are coming on the market in Kevin Shattenkirk and TJ Oshie that the Sharks supposedly were linked to in a potential trade that was reported on the radio okay. as hypothetical by Jeremy Rutherford, who is the St. Louis Blues beat writer. He said that there was a deal on the table, Hurdle and the first round pick that ended up being Meyer for Shattenkirk and Oshie. Hmm. I don't know who killed that or why it didn't happen. But that's interesting. Yeah. So if that's true, then we know the Sharks were interested in both those players at once upon a time. Right. So you know, it, it just it goes back to what's the philosophy going to be here? Yeah. Are the Sharks going to go sign TJ Oshie? Right. I'd rather they sign Oshie than Shattenkirk. Like, the, are, is that the what they're going to do? For the like, record. I mean, like, are they going to try and sign TJ Oshie? Like. To over, some, but that's going to be another. Overpay. I know, right, a dude? Huge but like, overpay. but if they think that they're a TJ Oshie away from getting back into the conversation, then that's the type of move they might make. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's the right thing. I right. just, I, I, I don't know. I think we're going to find out based on who they protect. Yeah, at the expansion draft, are we going to know that? Well. I think it'll get leaked. Are you yeah, kidding? Yeah, yeah. You know that's but, what I'm hoping for. I really want to know. Like if they expose Brandon Dillon, then I think we know that they're still trying to win now. Yeah. If they expose Paul Martin and they protect Brandon Dillon, then I think they are open to right possibly taking a step backwards. Well, certainly next week we'll talk about the fact that the Sharks are certainly hoping Vegas will take Mikhail Blodker. But uh, that being said, <laughs> that being said. Uh, yeah, I mean, although Peter Bohr did a pretty nice song and dance at his final uh, uh, press conference saying... I thought that was pretty classy. You know, well, I mean, and I had forgotten about the connection that they have. I mean, they that Bodker has played for him in junior. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's not a stranger to him. He did compliment him, said he felt like he got better throughout the year this isn't a good fit for him though yeah so you know i think you could make an argument that vegas might take mikhail bodker they might right or you might be able to find some team out there 
that might want Mikel Bodker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's possible. Like they might want him. Okay, hey, we'll try him. Sure, you take one of our problems in return. <laughs> Vladimir Malikov. Anyway. <laughs> Can we have Vladimir Malikov, please? Oh, dude, dude, you know, we're we're going. Wow, we're it's so great how nothing has happened, and this is like the longest podcast ever. <laughs> well, dude, you know we love to talk about um, like random. dude Barracuda one. Barracuda. Barracuda. Nice. Game winner, Timo Meyer, the guy we just traded. Nice. Way to go. Just traded him. Way to go. All right, so Barracuda lead that series. Good times. Fantastic, dude. Well, that's something to be excited about. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the defense, if we want to go back to that really quickly, I have no idea. You know, certainly Tim Heed and Joachim Ryan are the top two defensemen on the Barracuda right now. Mirko Mueller is, as far as I'm concerned, Mirko Mueller is never coming back i mean he played what three four games for the big club this year um you know obviously i'm not a professional scout but from what i saw he is an ahl defense he is an ahl defenseman right well and and okay and not a particularly good one the sharks have not done a great job of drafting right defensemen which is puzzling for well a former yeah nhl all-star Hall of Fame defenseman <laughs> yeah. not being able to recognize that kind of talent, but they've really swung and miss on uh, Nick Patrecki and yeah. Taylor Doherty, and now it appears Mirko Mueller. Like these guys, like you think about how when we first saw Nick Patrecki, we were like, "Oh yeah. damn!" Like, you know, like oh, yeah. this guy is so going to be great, and I don't even know if he's playing professional hockey anymore. Right. So, um, yeah, disappointing. But you're right, dude. We don't know like what what the plan is for a guy like Joachim Ryan, who seems mm-hmm. like he might be, you know, ready to take the next step. And people have had some, some nice things to say about, you know, this kid, uh, I D. think Simone. it's uh D Simone. Yeah. You I know, think he's a col- college, college player. player. He yeah. just finished and now he's playing. I mean, right. he played tonight minus two, but he played tonight, <laughs> you know? So, um, what the long-term plans are for those guys I don't know. Even a guy like Julius Bergman, who's been a pretty regular player for mm-hmm. uh, the Barracuda. Well, dude, I think we're going to we'll, we'll tackle the forwards next week. I mean, it's going to be even thornier than this week. So you, everyone's going to have to strap in for the two hour podcast <laughs> next week. Cause, uh, you, I thought people the, love the offseason. It was relatively really. straightforward this uh, week, and yet we still managed to drag it out. Uh, but it's tough. I mean, I, I think that you know, they're, they're at a real crossroads. And, you know, would you here's a question would you rather be in the sharks position right now or washington's position right now um <laughs> right yeah uh i think i'd probably rather be in washington's position right now mm. i'm not sure i would uh, i'm not sure i would well we got the time hold on so it, it, let's look at Washington's roster. Since we do a quick, they got a lot of high-paid players, good players that cannot win. What do you do? <laughs> I guess you could trade them all. That would be a really tough move. Right? I mean, you trade Ovechkin, you trade Backstrom, you trade. Right? How do you how do you do that? I guess I guess you. Find, I I mean, technically, they certainly have more. Uh, 
valuable assets if you want to just talk about book value. Sure. And and if, if you're looking at, I think this is the answer. I would rather be in Washington's position because they have younger, more talented assets. You know, mm-hmm. Ovechkin, you forget, he's, he's 31. Right. Backstrom is 29. Mm-hmm. Like, the, those are elite players. Absolutely. That are in that, their... That cannot win. Late 20s, early 30s. And the Sharks' elite players are 38 with a broken knee mm-hmm. and a broken hand. Right. And they're unrestricted free agents. Like, those were the guys who were like the faces of our franchise. I mean, now I guess you could say Joe Pavelski, right? But assume that... Kuznetsov, he's 24. I, I completely agree with you from that perspective. But if you think about it, the fact that what if they're in the same position as the Sharks and they don't want to trade anybody and they want to hold on to everybody? I think it might be worse to be the Capitals right now because you have this group that is really talented that cannot win. <laughs> and you're going to hold on to them for a long time. Right, you're gonna have these guys six, five, six, seven, eight years. So you're gonna have five, six, seven, eight years where you're the St. Louis Blues of the early 2000s. You're a great team. You got Chris Pronger, you got Brett Hull, but, you got Pierre Turgeon. Okay, well, but you can't win the cup. But here, here's my argument back to you: is is like, how's that different from what the Sharks were last year? I mean, the Sharks were the Capitals. Like right. they they were the same. Like yes. they were. The team that was dominant, dominant regular season team, playoff perennial, mm-hmm. could never get to the Stanley Cup final. And they finally did. And they didn't win, but in some way it still felt satisfying. Right. So if the Capitals had made the finals this year, if they didn't win, right. I think they would still be okay. But they didn't. They lost in the second round. I again. know. Right. So like, this core is still too young, I think, to abandon. The Sharks rode it all the way till they were 36. Right. So, um, I don't... Unless you could get... Like, you, you'll you never trade Ovechkin, but, like, unless you could get... I don't even know. Like, what, what do you get for Nicholas Backstrom that makes you oh, better? God. Oh, God. I mean... Well, the thing is, they'd have to, they'd have to get a... 23-year-old NHL player and a first-round pick and something else. Right, because, right? like, Colorado's not going to trade McKinnon for Backstrom. Like, that's not... Right. Like, they're not interested in a 29-year-old guy, even if an, an elite player. Maybe like they it, should be. Well, but... Well, I mean, well... And how does that make Washington better? Because McKinnon's awesome. <laughs> but we don't know any more about him being a winner... Yeah. In that kind of environment, then... But that's but I think they might be in a change-it-up situation, right? They might be in that, that situation as but well. But is Backstrom the problem? I don't know if Backstrom's I don't the problem. think Backstrom's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think we know who the uh, problem is. The problem is. is the person you're not going to move. <laughs> the problem is the person you can't move, right? So... The problem is the face of the fan- <laughs> franchise. Yeah, it, I, you know, uh, honestly, I mean, you could look at it two ways and say, oh, yeah, they have so much more talent, but then, but they can't make any moves. Like, they're stuck. And if it doesn't work out, which I, who is going to think it's going to work out right now? Not too many people. You're going back to the, going back to the iPad. We're extending this. Well, the, the thing that I wanted to see, and okay, so that the Capitals are in almost as horrible of a pick situation as the Sharks. <laughs> they have no first rounder, no second rounder, no third rounder, and a fourth rounder. Yeah. In 2018, they've got a first, a third, and a fourth. 
So the Sharks have three picks in the first four rounds in the next two years, and they have four picks. Mm-hmm. So, so slightly better. Yeah. But uh, their pick will be uh, worse. Yeah. You know, but that's the price of trying to win right now. Of course. Though. You're going to have to give up those picks. And the sh- this also goes back to the the decision they have to make. The Sharks are out of assets. Like, they're yeah. out of yeah. picks. Like, yeah. they... They tried to trade their first round pick this year for a return to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, like, if they had made it, they wouldn't have their first this year. I know, right? I know. It's such a tough call, right? When do you when do you pull the ripcord and say that's it? That's it. It's enough. Oh, I think the San Francisco Giants are staring down that barrel right now. Are I mean, they? The Giants are the worst team in baseball, and this is a team that won the World Series three years ago. Right? They've held on to their core. They've added some pieces. There's been a lot of injuries, a lot of bad luck, a lot of people underperforming. But now they're in a situation where, you know, they're like it's like trading Joe Pavelski is like trading Buster Posey. Right. Not gonna happen. Right. Right. Not never. Like never. Like you you will he will retire a giant. And I don't know if that's the same thing about Pavelski. Mm-hmm. But like you you you're not gonna part with that type of guy mm-hmm. you know so i don't Such know a tough call it's I w- tough i want to hear i want to know what other people think because i feel like i don't know I, I don't know i feel like we're talking to the wall on this thing i mean are we way off here i mean is is doug wilson really gonna really gonna keep going with this thing is that what everybody thinks i want to know yeah like, I, it looks like we've got two schools of thought yeah. you know you think that doug wilson will do a reset and no, I didn't necessarily say that. I think I'm hoping. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying. So I guess this is what I'm saying. I think they are going to try to contend for the cup next year. Right. But I would not be surprised if they pulled off a hockey trade that involved a piece from the roster in exchange for another equal piece, mm-hmm. like a couture for another team's second line center in order to try to change the dynamic of the team a little bit. Right. But I would not be surprised by that, right? You know, and I wouldn't be surprised by them also adding a TJ Oshie and subtracting a Mikel Bodker. You know, like that might be the type of thing they might try and do. The other option is that they sell, 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 mm -hmm. and get bad so that they can get better. He just Doug Wilson doesn't seem like that kind of GM. No, so I don't think so. I don't think this. I don't think so. So. Um, but dude, all I got is one thing to say. Go Barracuda. Go Barracuda, dude, and we'll see you next week. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.